if there was a magic secret sauce that we could teach you, it's just how to identify a deal. So there, you can't read a book. You, you can't, there's, there's no metrics you can go off of. If you're the best due diligence person ever, it's just identifying and, and looking at a bunch of deals. And then you'll, your, your eye just learns to spot it. And I wish there was an easier way for me to put it. But once you go over and you look at enough deals, then it's pretty easy to see a deal and be like, yep, this is money. Right? Like the one we did last month, like over 400,000 profit in, in less than a, in a month. And then we, we have another one that I went and looked at with a wholesaler just a couple of days ago. And the lady wants 550. I think it's worth about a million, maybe one one. And these are little tiny deals, you know, sub 20 acres. But you just, there's no way to get good at finding these deals until you just look at a ton of them. And so if you're putting in the work, if you're looking at deals, running numbers, showing us the deals, going over deals with us, then you're going to learn. And then you, yeah, you'll learn how to spot a half million or a million dollar deal in, in five or 10 minutes. All right. So I'm going to go over, I'm going to make this into a nice, pretty graphic for everybody, but I want to go over just like the, the four key principles of this room and why we like them. So I'm going to cover it like verbally, and then I'll kind of show examples of, and we might say examples of why these work, but number one, let me pull up my little list because I kind of made notes for today's call. All right. So number one is the wholesale model. We're looking for deals, 50 cents in the dollar. No really, no real like science to that. Just finding great deals at a great cash price. And we are buying those. So every, every one of these things we're buying. So great deals at a cash price. If you get good at that, you're going to make a lot of money. This is all every wholesaler out there. They're, get, they're getting great deals at great prices. So this is option number one. And I put it option number one because I think this is the most known. And every, anybody can do it if you're marketing, right? Option number two is good seller financing. Good seller financing. So what does that mean? I put, I did, I recorded that video navigating the offer based off of where the, where the deal sits. We're negotiating good debt on the property based off of how much it's worth and how much it could potentially be worth if we value out of the property, right? So there's a lot of value add opportunities that we can look for that we're going to look for good debt on the property. So this the big deal we just closed, we got $1.5 million of seller financing at 0% interest. We got really good debt on that property. And that's what made, like, we got... The potential, and this is, we'll kind of cover this, but uh, number three is uh, partial arbitrage. So we got partial arbitrage, we got good debt, and we got a wholesale price. So you only need one or two of these to make a great deal. If you got all three, it's a screaming deal. So 50 cents in the dollar or less, good seller financing debt. And when it gets to the big numbers, we're, we're asking for seller financing. If they want 23% down, we'll figure it out. But it depends on the deal. But we're looking for good seller financing debt, even if they carry it for 12, 18 months. The longer, the better. We have a deal right now that we've been working for a year. We had to sue her because she ghosted us, but we have a deal that's worth, I think, one to one point two. We picked it up for six fifty with nothing down. It's five thousand a month, zero percent interest. So it doesn't necessarily have to be fifty cents in a dollar. You can get fifty cents in a dollar ancillary financing and get an amazing opportunity. So don't just hit I want fifty cents in a dollar and that's it. No, ask for ask for the kitchen sink every time. And you're gonna get great opportunities. So 50 cents in the dollar, good debt. Sometimes, depending on the deals, 12-month balloon, 18-month balloon. What that does is it gives you the ability to get into deals with little capital and flip it. So somebody sent us a deal in California that we might go after, but it's 600 purchase price, and it, one house with land could be worth one million. So it's got a good cash price. So we might try and buy that one cash, but check this out. We're gonna try and talk to the seller. 
and then over the next couple of days and try and get that property for 100 200k down and then flip it now you just maximize your ROI because you're not going to have to put the full 650 up so just by asking the right questions and not necessarily putting the full purchase price down you can get a lot of leverage and make a great ROI with putting uh, minimal cash up front which is that's the whole goal if we can partner with the seller if we can figure out minimal cash up front 100,000 200,000 depending on the purchase price Maybe it's a $5 million deal. We put down half a million or a million dollars. Like it's going to be different. And there's like a sliding scale based off of each, each deal size. But every deal is going to have that number that the seller will need. I'm like, yeah, if you gave me like, if it's a $5 million purchase price, you gave me a million dollars. Yeah, I'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. And they're willing to have a conversation because you're putting a large amount down. So if you can get 50 cents in the dollar, good debt. And number three is parcel arbitrage. We talk about this a lot here, but parcel arbitrage is a huge one. We just bought a deal in Bastrop, and this there's different forms of partial arbitrage. So we'll cover we'll cover the Bastrop deal, and then I'll cover the Tyler deal, which is still in the midst of closing. So Bastrop deal, we bought 18 acres in Bastrop for 400,000, and the reason why we bought it is because it was in four lots. If it was one lot, never would have bought it. But since it was already in four lots, partial arbitrage, sell each lot separately, boom, we got a deal. And that, that, that's where opportunity is created. So it's created and there's a lot of agents that, oh, these properties, are, I got sent a deal earlier today. It's three lots and four houses and they're selling it as a package deal. All we have to do is contract it and sell it separately and we can probably make money. So there's a lot of opportunity out there if you find deals that are partial arbitrage, houses, land, commercial. Corey Thompson did a deal, I think last year. He bought an apartment complex and it came with a vacant lot next door. He ended up selling the apartment complex and selling the vacant lot next door for a, like half a million dollars. It was crazy because it was next to a Walmart and it was a, it was a good like five acres or something like that. So there's a good there's good opportunities when you get when you get property with property and just sell them separately. Great opportunity. Number three is a different version of partial arbitrage is subdividing. So we do a lot of subdividing here. This I'll show you the tire lot if you haven't seen it before. Tire lot had frontage across the top, down the left side, and down the bottom. So all we did was cut it across the main road. Eleven lots. Uh, we picked up this one for two twenty five. We're selling each lot for sixty thousand. We already have four lots closed, and then we're waiting for a buyer to buy three more. I believe, and we have three left. So this is a deal that's still ongoing that we've been working for a long time, but this is a subdivide. It's a uh, partial arbitrage. So this deal, we, we bought that deal back in June and going through the process of subdividing it. I mean, it took us six months to subdivide it. Yes, it, it takes a long time to do that, but as long as the price makes sense, we can do it. We have the right lender for it. The price point makes sense. And like that one made sense because it was a low price point. It was 200 grand. So we had a lender that has that. So the, if you have a higher price point, you might want to get some type of down payment seller financing and try and leverage it that way. But the smaller the property and we can get into large, uh, larger parcels, it's going to be a deal every time. How is arbitrage baked into the deal? It's parcel. It's just having the ability to get multiple parcels with one purchase. That's all it is. So to, to kind of go overview again, good cash price, good debt for long term or the it's already subdivided or it has the possibility to subdivide now the possibility of subdivided looking for good frontage and uh, good access to utilities is probably the big one but if you know those three things and if you can negotiate off of those three things and maybe ask for all three like uh this poteet deal we just purchased has all three it has seller financing 
It's really good cash purchase if we were to buy it cash, but we got to sell our finance and it has the potential to subdivide. So we hit the trifecta offer. Go ahead, Anthony. Let's, let, let's talk about land and cash arbitrage real quick, guys. Like we're going to look at the mechanics of some deals and like what, make, what makes a good deal good and what makes a bad deal. But just I want you guys to imagine something, right? I want you to imagine the number that you have in your bank account right now, whatever that number is. And a lot of us probably have multiple accounts, but your main account, the one that you're most proud of or the one that you're most worried about, I want you to imagine how much cash is in that account, right? It's Tuesday, right? Now, imagine you got a deal where you signed the contract. You got 30 to 60 days to close, right? So you're still $0 into the deal. You sell a million dollars worth of properties off that thing before you have to close. And then at closing, you get it overfunded, right? So the, the lender sent us a million and then we close on the deal. Title wired us 475,000, right? So we're overfunding on the deal. And now we have about 1.25 million worth of land sold off the tract already. 750 of that is cash. So you can go from whatever's in your bank account now to over a million dollars in cash in 30 to 60 days in this business. So it's worth paying attention to and keeping your eyes open and then learning to recognize what a good deal looks like and then following our business model. Right? I don't know where else you can, you can arbitrage a million dollars in, in, a, in a week or two. You know, so it's just a, a cool spot to be in. And, and we just, we're just trying to show you guys what, what types of deals make sense like that, where you can get into that situation over and over and over again. We have a lot more of them. Nice. So, so but that with that one too is like that money's going to the project, but we didn't have to lend and get a construction loan and borrow that money again. And that didn't go straight to the lender. So this is one of those things where your lender negotiations are important too because your application and deployment of capital is very paramount, especially in transactions like this. Yeah, so to think about that, guys. It's it's really about the deal, right? When you find the deal, you're you're arbitraging the equity out of the deal. Right, one way or another. And then I think something special about what we do is we've never taken institutional capital, right? So we've never gone to a bank. We've never gone to a hard money lender. We've never been to a, a credit union. We've never asked permission, you know, to borrow money. It's always been just from private lenders. So I think our, our, our business model is pretty solid and, and the game, the way that we play the game is very interesting. So now we have people that are willing to offer us $10 million to put into these types of deals. And since we're already of that mindset where we try to make our dollars go further, we're not going to buy a property for 2 million cash or 4 million cash. It's never been our business model and we're not going to change it today, right? We're going to do what's always worked for us. Somebody sent me a ranch yesterday for 7 million and uh, I offered 20% down, right? I'm more only going to give them like one four down on that 7 million, but I know damn well that that track's probably going to sell for like about 14 to 20 million once we break it down. And it's probably going to be a three year long play, but that's a hell of a deal. And uh, I'm going to go look at that Thursday. But even now, having the cash on hand, we're still not going to spend money that way, right? We're using as little cash as possible, and we're uh, we're spreading that out across as many deals as possible to arbitrage the equity out of these things. So, you know, it's not going to take anybody in this room to go pretty far, pretty fast. Like I said, I don't know what other business model you can do this with. Can you do it in storage and apartments? You know, commercial probably, right? Because they deal with similar numbers. But you're not going to be able to find the volume of deals that we find over and over and over again. Right? We we did one in December, 400 in, 800 out. Right? We have one track left to sell for like 199. And then we have another one we're looking at right now that's 550 in and 1.1 out and a very, very similar deal. It's already pre-subdivided, right? So if, if either of these deals was one whole deal and it wasn't subdivided, it was just one big chunk, we wouldn't even look twice at the deal. We probably wouldn't even offer cash half of what they what we got them for.
but we are willing to pay a really fair price because they have already been subdivided. So what do you capture on a subdivide? You capture the engineering, right? You capture that portion of it, the cash part of it, the, the intellectual part of it, and you capture the time, right? Because if we were going to break down those, those small lots into four or five pieces, you're talking about nine months to a year. Yeah. So if, if you're learning to identify the tracks that are already pre-subdivided, you'll, you'll find agents listing them like that all the time. We bought this one from a very, very sophisticated real estate investor. I don't know how in the heck they sold it to us so cheap. But if you find deals that are being sold as one and they're, uh, um, they're already pre-broken down, then there's all the money. All the money's on the table right there in plain sight. But if you don't know what you're looking for, you're going to miss those every single time. So that that's that's the partial arbitrage, and you just got to hunt for those, man. They're out there, and this this is where you when you get all three of the buy box criterias, you're in the money. You're gonna make a lot of money very quickly. So especially the the opportunity to value add. So like I want to correlate this to like commercial and industrial, and I, Luke Wong's in here. He's a storage. I want to kind of correlate this into like other asset classes because I know we have a lot of different types of people, and people watch this later and uh, like, oh, what about this? So we're leveraging financing. So people, they'll go buy a $2 million storage. They'll put 20, 30% down with private capital or their own capital and then leverage a bank to hold the rest. Essentially, we're doing the same thing, but we're getting seller financing on, on, the, on the, where that bank position is. We're leveraging the seller because they have equity. This is one of the big reasons why we love land. These land sellers have a ton of equity, so they can actually be the bank. Whereas in these commercial properties, they can't be that bank because in most cases, they don't have that much equity because they haven't held it long enough. So the land seller that's held it for 30 years can afford to be that bank position at 0% at essentially 70 cents of value. But then on top of that, we're value adding significantly 2 to 3x. So that loan to value is like 30%, 20%, which is crazy level of leverage. You get so everybody talks about the leverage you get in real estate. You get crazy leverage when you get you have the ability to value add and have the seller be the bank. That's the sauce. If you if you if you can understand the first 10 minutes of this call, you're gonna make a lot of money for the rest of your life. Like Daniel said, it's it's debt equity, right? So every single seller you call, the property's paid off, has been paid off for 30 years. All these people want is they either want cash now to do something different, put it into a different property, or they want cash flow for the most part. Right? These are older guys. Um, they just want to see just monthly cash coming in. So you can turn their land into, into cash flow with very little effort. So I think uh, concentrating on that is the main business model. I know a lot of you guys have submitted like development deals to us, and this one's perfect to throw up apartment complexes. You're moving too far away from what we do, like what the bread and butter is, which is capturing debt equity, turning it into cash flow, and sharing some with the seller. And that's it. And they're happy to share it with you because they don't know how to take the equity out of it, right? So we're offering a service. And I've been saying that more and more to, to sellers now is that uh, we're service providers. We're not buyers. Like I know how to turn this cash into into equity or into cash flow. I know I, I'm willing to put my own cash into your deal so that I can help you get the cash flow out of it or get the equity out of it. I just had that con uh, conversation with a seller today. I said, I do not want to buy your property cash and then develop it and invest millions of dollars into it. But if you're willing to partner with me and let me do what I have to do to get the cash out of this deal, I'll take that all day. So write it up and send it over. Let me look at it. And so. what we're noticing too is the, the the more expensive the property, the more they're willing to do that because they have, think of it like an anchor. Land is an anchor to a lot of people. And if you own a lot of it, it's hard to turn that into cash. So this is one of the things where you want, I want you to get your, get your like, 
Like we're not doing anything crazy. So land is very, very anchor type asset. Like it's very hard to move. It's it doesn't cash flow, negative cash flows. No one knows what to do with it. It's just kind of that that dead weight they carry around with them. When you have the ability to flip that and turn that into a sale, oh man, you're off to the races. So uh, I want you to, to have that analogy of in the seller's mind, this land is an anchor. And if they got 20 anchors, they're, they're, they're dragging. <laughs> so you're going to turn that anchor into a sale and have it take off. And you're going to leverage that position when you turn that anchor into a sale. So one thing I want you to hit on too is like, we talked to a lot of, we talked to a lot of agents a lot and the seller's like, the seller will never go for that. They don't, they, they want cash and they want to close in 60 days or 45 days or 30 days. And they, they won't take anything else. So one thing I love about land is no one makes, no one makes offers on it. And if they do, it's a low cash price because they think if they, they have that one button, like a wholesaler, I want to get a 20 cents on the dollar of list price. And I'm just going to, if it's on the market 30, over 90 days, I'm just going to hit them hard, hit them hard, hit them hard. And I'm just going to keep hitting them, hitting them. What we do is we flip that and like, hey, I'm going to make a full price offer. And this is relative based off of, go watch Navigating the Offer if you haven't seen it. This is relative based off of what it's worth, potentially, if we subdivide it or value add it, or if it's already parcel arbitraged or whatever that is. Based off of that, we can pay full price. So my, my full price offer isn't embarrassing. Mr. A, Mr. or Mr. Agent, I need you to present this to your seller because when's the last time you got a full price offer? I'm not embarrassed about it. You shouldn't be either. So you really got to take on that stance of position that sometimes the agent isn't really for you or for the seller because they just want cash. And the only way to make money on this deal is cash. And I, that's the only way I'm going to get paid as an agent is if somebody pays cash or they get bank financing. They have that one track mind and they can't think to the left or to the right of that. So if you come in, hey, I'll put a large enough down payment, you get paid. The seller gets their amount that they want. They want a million dollars. Hey, I'll pay a million dollars, but I'm only putting $100,000 down. That covers you as the agent that puts money in their pocket. Well, they need $100,000 to move or pay off their credit card debt. Okay, I'll put 150 down. That's one thing we did with the Poti deal. The eight, the seller wanted a certain amount and the agent uh, commission was 60 grand. So we just put it on the purchase price. It is now 2,060,000 and we called it a day. So you can build that into your pricing with the agent to make the agent feel more comfortable to present the offer. Yeah, the, the agent was super solid on this one because no matter what, she was going to make 60 grand. So she was on our side. Once we told her what the deal was, what the plan was, our level of experience, what we we're going to bring to the table, the agent was on board because even though the seller was doing seller finance, she was still going to get her full commission right up front. No problem at all. So getting the agent on your side is key, letting them know what you're bringing to the table. And um, it makes these deals go really, really easy. So uh, Peter's on this call. Peter, are, are you available to, to unmute? What's going on? What's up, dude? What's up, brother? So uh, Peter's been doing a hell of a job of bringing leads to the table. We had a really, really big one south of Fort Worth that uh, is kind of like on the fence right now if it's going to go or not. But that was going to be over a 200K assignment. And instead of him getting down on his luck, he sends me a, a sheet. Usually when somebody sends me like five, six, seven, ten deals on one text or one email... I'm just already like my brain already goes to the spot that says, okay, these are all trash. <laughs> I don't know where you found these, but they're probably garbage. And he sent me about six, seven of them. And I would say three are deals right away. So we talked to an agent today, right? And what was his, what was his temperament like talking to this agent? Oh, this guy was so relaxed. Probably one of the best agents I've ever talked to. 
<laughs> so uh, what was cool about this guy is that this, this property has been listed since November and they've gotten zero offers. This is uh, less than three miles from, from that 243 acres we just bought on Friday. And it's probably, you know, five miles from the 44 acres we subdivided in November. So prime location, we know what stuff sells for in the area. We know there's a lot of groundwater. It's on a paved road, tons of frontage. And this, uh, what did the agent say? How many, he said he got zero offers, right? Yep. And we said, hey, uh, would the sellers, do you think they might be open to seller finance? Or do you think they'd be accepted to a low cash offer? What did he say? Present all offers. I'll present all <laughs> exactly. offers to my client. Send it. Just send anything. He kept saying, we've got zero offers. We have no, no. offers. Like. Do you think? Do you think they would give it to us for free? We have no offers. <laughs> yeah, so. I will say, Anthony, he did get back to me. He left me a voicemail, okay. and uh, mm -hmm. this one has seven errors. So they said he, they wouldn't do the seller finance. So we'll uh, we'll look at a cash offer to send him. That's to. fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. We, we got a we got a low cash offer in mind for them already, and uh, that's yeah. all we can do, right? And that, that's how you open up the negotiation. So I want everybody on this call to know that when you send that cash offer, they're not probably not going to accept it right away. Right. And that's part of the process. That's not like, Oh, they shot my offer down and then you're re real sad about it. And then you just felt like you lost the deal. Of course, they're not going to accept the lowball offer right up front. There's seven people and an agent behind this deal, but we're going to send in the offer. They're still going to get zero offers for the next month or two. And then we're going to, they're going to message us again, or we'll message them again and say, Hey, did they reconsider the offer? No, not yet. Hey, why don't they look at us putting down, you know, 10% or 20% or 30% pay them off in 12 months. But since the deal's only been listed since November, these people, they still have high hopes, right? They still, they're still thinking that they're going to uh, get an offer any day now, any day now. And as they see those, that calendar ripping away, February, March, April, May, no offers. That's a good time. We've already hit them back three or four times. Hey, have you sold that property yet? Hey, you sell the property? Hey, any offers come in yet? No, 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 no. We come back in and we renegotiate. We keep pushing and pushing. And just because they said they're not going to sell their finance now, that doesn't mean they're not going to do it tomorrow. All right? So we just keep on hammering plan A. We don't care what they say. We don't care what the what the heirs say. Nothing. We just keep on hammering. I went and looked at the deal with Corey Carroll here uh, in Hondo. It's about maybe an hour uh, west of San Antonio. Me and Corey are in the truck and we have the property seller with us and we're driving around the ranch. It's him and his two brothers. And um, we're asking, we're talking about the property. And I said, hey, just out of curiosity, you know, is this something that you guys might think about, you know, taking payments on, right, for, for a little while on this property? He says, no, absolutely not. We just want our cash. We just want to move on to something else. I said, okay. I said, because normally, sometimes when there's multiple owners of a property like this, sometimes somebody needs the cash real bad. And then there's usually somebody savvy in the group that doesn't need the cash at all. And they're willing to sit on the, on the, on the money for like 10 to 12% interest. And, and within the same 60 seconds, this conversation is happening. And the guy goes, hey, I, I'd look at 12% interest. That sounds great. <laughs> when 60 seconds ago, he told me he wasn't seller financing anything. Right. So you got to learn to just not hear what these people say. You continue with your pitch. Plan A is plan A no matter what. Plan B is plan B no matter what. So, so and Okay. Okay. So I wanted to add a couple things to Anthony. So seven errors, we can create seven different notes that pays them all separately. So the seven errors issue isn't really an issue. It's more about just getting your offer across the first time and then waiting. So me and I think talk about this is uh, times on your side. These deals do not go anywhere. When I tell you they do not go anywhere, if you can look at a deal we looked at six months ago, it's probably still there to the point where Ruben was looking at deals in Italy. They're still there and ready to talk now. So like these deals don't go anywhere. It's amazing.
So this is why I love I love the game we play because they don't go anywhere. You can make your offer as soon as it hits the market, and then call them back six months later, and it'll still be there in most cases. So this is this is why we love this. The other thing too is what was I going to say? Oh, the the seller financing part. We can pay interest as long as it fits at that underpriced, undervalued point. And if we know that, we can like, hey, would five percent interest interest? Oh yeah, five percent interest. Yeah, can you do six? You know what? I can do six. And you might be able to make like a huge spread on the upside just because you already understand the deal and the, and the mechanics of the deal and you can offer interest. So each deal is completely different and some might require interest, some might not. Some might require long-term payments, some might require a balloon. Like each deal is going to be completely different, but you got to understand and understand the mechanics of the exit strategy of that deal to make sure it fits the right offer and right terms. Go ahead, Angie. Yeah, so I've got a question. What if you were to lock up something, say, for instance, at, say, a five to 10 year note, and you're going to subdivide it, and you've got everything subdivided and sold in a year, and maybe you're, you know, it was, say, 10% interest, and you're like, I want to pay it all off. I've, you know, I've sold everything, or I guess that's one question, you know, if you're not going to do a wrap and maybe, the pre maybe, or maybe you just sell the entire parcel, whatever, and somebody else is going to go get a bank loan for 20 years. So they don't want to, you know, you can't do a wrap, maybe, or maybe they don't like the, I know some people don't like wraps because there's a bit of risk in a wrap, you know, as far as, you know, if, if the A to B doesn't do very, you know, if the front side doesn't, you know, perform, they're in trouble. So I know there's a couple of reasons why some people may not like a wrap, but primarily um, I'm also wondering about the collateral. So the collateral obviously is the land. Once we've sold the land, then what happens? So this is a great question. So I, ha I have the answer for you and this is going to be fun. All right. So check this out. So, Let's say you get a seller to uh, take take that interest payment or 0% interest, whatever that looks like, and he it's a million dollars, right? So you owe him nine, nine I don't know what the number is going to be. It's really $1,000 a month. Let's say it's $1,000 a month you owe him, right? If you can rewrap that at a higher interest rate, at a higher price point, your cash flow spread is going to be ridiculous. So the whole thing about getting a five, 10-year note is now you don't have to bring up the cash to pay off that balance. You can ride the spread in between each in between the in between the wrap so if you owe them a thousand and you sell or finance it and you're making three thousand a month well now you got two thousand a month cash flow you want to ride that debt for as long as possible because you don't have to pay off that balance what about the collateral though i mean you you, you can do it in a second position or you can okay. move the collateral to another asset so that's where the fun begins if you have enough assets you can move the collateral to another asset and now you have seller financing on property. So everybody stay with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of explain it, but it might go over your head. I'll release the recording in a week or two, and you'll have to watch it again. But for everybody here, this is this is the sauce right here. So let's say you get a million dollar property, you get it with hundred thousand dollars down, nine hundred thousand dollars seller financing. Let's say you want to move the collateral. Let's say you have a nine hundred thousand dollar four unit or a fiveplex, whatever, sixplex. But what, what's, to, what's to determine you to put that $900,000 of debt onto that fiveplex and you make them the bank for 20 years or 10 years or a five-year balloon, whatever that looks like. Hey, I have this fiveplex that produces 5,000 a month. I'll give you a thousand of that cash flow a month. So you're really, you're, you're really good. The, the property's worth 1.5. And I'll give you a thousand of the five thousand guaranteed cash flow. If three units go vacant, you're still guaranteed that income. 
Oh, that sounds like a really safe collateral. That's amazing. Well, what did you get? You got, you've now got, you essentially refinanced out your fiveplex with 0% debt. And then now you have a million dollar property free and clear that you know what to do with. They call it walking the debt. So A, you can leave it there, but if you have enough assets, you can actually move that debt to another asset. So we're not there yet, but that's the plan of HiveMind is we can actually move the debt to other assets and get the property free and clear. And then we have free and clear property to do whatever we want. Now we can go buy a million dollars worth of land to sell that, sell that, sell that million dollars for two. Now we have another asset to buy and move that debt onto again with the next seller. And now instead of refinancing with banks, well, I want to get a refinance and I can get 75 loan to value and all this stuff. What if you got 100% loan to value with 0% interest? I don't know. I don't make the rules. <laughs> is that something that you're negotiating then? Like, it, you know, at you're the negotiating with the debt is that, hey, I can move this collateral wherever I want. Hey, you just want monthly payments? I can guarantee monthly payments. I have a million dollar asset that makes four thousand a month. I'll give you a thousand of it. And there's your collateral. Okay. So if we don't have, so if you don't have, say, your six plex or your million dollar asset, you can just leave it. You, you can that? leave. You can just do a wrap. Do a second position wrap. The sellers in first, so they get the best security. I'm in second, and I'm 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 the one that's less security, but I don't care because I'm making two thousand, three thousand a month off of it. If that if that if that uh, borrower ever defaults, I'll just make that payment and resell it again. Because I'm I'm secured in second position. I have control of the property. They're just the bank. And yes, I might have a subset position, but I can still leverage the property and control it. That was that was super, super advanced. Y'all are gonna have to watch that video like 10 times. Uh all it all it is is like, hey, you have a ranch, I have a commercial building. Would it be okay if you gave me the ranch free and clear and I'll put your two million dollar debt against my commercial building? Is all it is. I traded a sub two house for a commercial property like a, uh, that I'm using as a I use as a car dealership and I got it leased out. So you just have to just you could just probably YouTube and, and check out substitution of collateral. It's pretty basic, but it just sounds wicked and it is a really good strategy. But to to, to further answer your question a little bit, you have a, a deal with the seller. Some of your buyers want to pay the property off completely in cash. You have a five or ten year note. You're sold out of properties and everybody wants to pay cash. You just pay your seller off early and get out of the deal. Done. We had a, uh, we've had a, a two-year mortgage on the deal. We paid the seller off in nine months. He was not upset. He gave us uh, another $4.5 million track to work on about a year later after that. So he loves us. He trusts us. He said that he had a better offer than mine. And I said, man, I don't want to be in your way. I think you should take that better offer, honestly, because I've never done a deal like this. I'm probably not your guy. And he says, I trust you. I've already worked with you before. You're my guy. I want you to do the deal. All right. Okay. And uh, he wanted like a certain amount down. And I'm like, I don't want to put that those, that percentage down. He said, can you do half a percent? I said, okay, cool. So we gave him $21,000 as a deposit on a $4.5 million property. Right. So it's paying. usually the sellers are not upset when you pay it off early, if you have to. But if you can extend, that's when you're in the money. Go ahead, Angie. Yeah, yeah. If they want to hang on to that long-term debt, then that's something else. That's when you might talk about substitution of collateral. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's it's a little advanced. You have to listen to it a couple times. It's uh it's hard to maybe maybe I'll do like a, a picture graphic of everybody <laughs> so everybody understands because <laughs> the words coming out of my mouth can be confusing. All right, an uh, easier version of it is Daniel owes me a thousand dollars. He's agreed to pay me twenty dollars a week. I owe you a hundred dollars, James. 
So I'm going to have Daniel pay you $5 a week until that's paid off, and he'll keep paying me the $15 a week. Make sense? So I'm using his debt to me to pay you, and it's just coming direct from him to you. And that's just, that's basically what we're using to buy. We're taking someone else's debt that they're paying us on a piece of property, and we're guaranteeing a portion of it for X amount of time is going to go to the seller of the other property. But now that we've got control of that property, we can do anything we want with it. Now it's our property. And if we sit, break it up and sell it all off before the end of those payment terms, we just have to pay them off. So if whatever mm -hmm. it was you know, that I owed you the money for, if I turned around and sold it to somebody else before I'd paid you the full $100, then I just have to pay you off that full $100 that remainder. Say it was, I still owed you $65 and I sell it. Well, when I sell it, I've got to pay you the 65 so that we're, I'm free and clear to you. And I've still got the money coming from Daniel for the remainder. And it's going to have to be done through a debt servicing company, I assume? Yes. Yep. yep. That's the easiest way. Okay. That's easy. And there, and there are companies that that's what they specialize in. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Luca asked, does that mean you get first position on the fiveplex to the seller? Yes. Seller always gets first position because you always want to make sure that they're secure as possible in theory. So we're, we're not, we're not screwing them over or anything. They get, they get their cash flow that they want and they're in a secured position on a good asset. So uh, everybody wins. It's a win-win for everybody. That's all it is. So there's a lot of ways to, to, to make money on these type of deals, but this is one of the things where like, if you can get good seller financing for long-term debt and you can move that debt in other places, you can buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, and leverage that debt over and over again till it dries up. And this is the power of seller financing. That's the power of seller financing. So this is one of the things where like, I hope to never use a bank. Like this is the, this is the real crypto. <laughs> That's crazy. No, this but this is becoming the bank. Yeah, it's becoming the bank. So as long as you, um, I always, I if you if anybody follows me on Twitter, I talk a lot of crap on Twitter, but it's fun. I always talk about. Uh, I was talking. I was tweeting yesterday about how uh, being a note lord is better than a landlord because I can still control the property without owning it, and that's the power. That's the power. You and get. you don't have to <laughs> take care of any maintenance. Yeah, so you don't have to take care of any maintenance. So you're actually. Carrying the depreciation depreciating asset, you're just getting cash flow, which is the best position to be in. So a lot of these gurus out there are like, oh, I, I own a, ten doors, I own a thousand doors, and I own all these different all these different units. And I'm like, one, assets under management, they probably raise money to buy that. So they're a fractional owner of that. And two, how much are they really making off that cash flow per door? And three, they're probably leveraged over their head. If the market turns, they're gonna have to eat it. And four, they have all that depreciation. It's an appreciating asset. So land is literally, I, I quit it. I always talk about this all the time, but land is buying like stocks at the bottom. And people are like, the, the, the stocks guys like, but this is the bottom. This is the bottom. It's a five-year bottom. Land is buying at the bottom every time. And if you can find a great deal, you're buying below the bottom. So what's the safest bet to buy on is below the bottom. Because it only can, only can increase in value because you can add a building to it. You can add a commercial building. You can add a restaurant to it. And now it's increased in value, but the land it can never lose its value from the bottom, essentially. Let's, let's, let's talk about forcing appreciation on a, on a, on a ranch. Yeah. All right, so we'll give, we'll give you the progression steps to go from 
you know, uh, maybe a $500,000 wholesale fee to a $10 million exit. Right. So we bought the 243 acres for $2 million. We got seller finance at 0% interest, 20% down. So right now, while we're under contract, I was offering it at the price it was listed for, for two five, right? So I'm looking now for a $440,000 assignment fee. Nobody picked it up. So we're getting it for a great price. We've sold stuff in the area around there. So I think we got it for like 20, 25 cents on the dollar. So I already had a great buy price, seller finance at 0% interest. So now we can, of course, do our regular 10 acre subdivide, sell those off. We had it programmed for like, I think a million or a million and a half profit. If we just sold all 10 acre lots, dump it quick, get rid of it, quick milli. So that was a, another level of progression, right? Breaking it down to 10 acre lots. Now we're, we're spending $250,000 in engineering to, to, do the, uh, uh, to, to do the entitlements for a residential subdivision, right? So now we're into it for like two, three, uh, something like that. And now we're, we've been blasting it out all over socials, looking for a developer buyer. And somebody messaged me today. I've been, I've been asking for 6.5 after the entitlements are approved, which could take six months to a year and at least 250000 worth of engineering. We are going to clear the roads, move some dirt around, clear some trees around so people know that we're serious. We're getting the utility service agreements from the electrical company and the water company. So at, at the time, the approvals are ready from the county, from the, everybody, from the utility companies. We're like, you can bring the equipment in and start ripping open the sewer and, and connecting your sewer, running your water line, that kind of stuff. That's six months to a year out. Right. So we're, we're asking 6.5 at that point. So now we're making like 2.9 million on the deal. Right. So we went from four and a half to, to 2.9. We're offering $250,000 fee to anybody that brings us a developer buyer that would take it off of our hands at the point of approvals, which is again, six to 12 months from now. But somebody messaged me today and they said, Hey, I have a developer who's super interested. He wants to know how much you would take for it as is. So I said, I'll take five, two as is right now. Right. So. Right there at that point, we're looking at making like maybe a million and a half, maybe two million by dumping it early. I mean, if we can get that close in the next 30 to 60 to 90 days, 120 days, we're going to take that all day. You know, take a million and a half, two million dollars now, bail to the next deal already. We have, t- we have tons of deals in the pipeline. Uh, so th- that's kind of the progression. And then the next progression goes, instead of us making 2.9, we'll go ahead and put in structure. I got about $3 million, $3.5 million worth of roads and water line that I could drop in, um, get all of my lots staked off on all the four corners. And now we're looking at $17.6 million in sales, right? Uh, and then that would be, let's say, call it two and a half to purchase the property and engineer it, three and a half in infrastructure costs. Let's call it four. So four and three or seven all in, $17.5 million in sales of just raw land. So now we're talking about a $10 million profit, right? If we take it to that length. And then uh, if you're bringing in uh, houses, right? So now we're talking to, to people that build houses, builders. we got a ton of builders interested. I'm meeting one out there on Thursday. And uh, they're talking about us getting the lots development ready. Let's say we have a lot that we want 75000 for. We're going to give it to the builder for free up front. He's going to come in, throw a house on it. And uh, if, he, if, we, if we front the lot, if we give it up front and just let him pay us when the house sells, now we want 99000 for that lot. Right, so bump it up twenty five thousand per lot. There's a further progression that we start to have uh, builders throw houses on there. So the longer we hold it, and the more we do to it, the higher the profits going to go up. But we're always looking for the quick exit because we just have unlimited deal flow. All right, so if we can grab one to two now, two and a half now, and move on to the next deal, that's just what we're going to do. But no matter what, you can see how we go from the ground up until the full scale development, and the profit continues to go up and up. But of course, it's over a, a longer timeline.
right? So that, that's a progression. That's how you force appreciation on, a, on raw land on a property like this. And Daniel mentioned starting from the bottom, literally, and then you just build it up. And then the longer you hold it, the more cash you put into it, the higher the yield, the more profit on the back end. So the, then the longer you hold it, the more risk you have too, because then there's more money involved. So us from the beginning, we're getting at the cheapest price point. If a builder buys it from us, essentially they're going to give us that five to $6 million. Now they have that five, $6 million of risk because they didn't buy it from the ground up. So there's different levels of risk as you go further into the deal based off of the timelines, because it, it takes a long, longer time to build up to that point of where you're going to exit at. So there's different levels of this. And for us, like we're, we have so much opportunity, we're, just, we're looking for an exit and we got, we work on the next deal, but think about the people that are looking for opportunities like that we're providing. Hey, you have a subdivision that's almost approved or going to be approved. And it has like, even if we sell it for six and a half million at approval, there's still $10 million for upside of them. Remember, every text leave meat on the bone for the wholesaler. We're literally adding meat to the bone the longer it takes. And then we're just getting more meat whenever whenever they buy it. So we're essentially adding meat to the bone, and they only get the bone only gets bigger as as time progresses. So I don't know if we're going to sell it in ninety days. It might take six months to sell it, but at this point, we're adding more meat to the bone, so we only make more money the longer it takes. So it's a win win all throughout, just because we're the ones that are starting the progression. And like Edward says, everything starts with land. So you have a blank canvas to create whatever you want. So I, I think real quick, man, before we head out, let's, let's look at the Bastrop deal again real quick just to get the layout. Can you send it to me real quick? Yeah, let's explain why that was such a big winner. And then I'm going to show you another deal that we're working on right now that's pretty much identical to Bastrop in numbers. Just so you guys can just be familiar with looking at different types of deals. Again, it's just training your eye to identify these kinds of deals. And then it's, it really does feel like magic. Well, what the hell did I just do? And it's cool, man. This happens time and time again. And kind of reiterate the, the the three is price arbitrage, debt arbitrage, or parcel arbitrage. And you can get par parcel parcel arbitrage could be subdivided arbitrage could also be called that. Just so you FYI, like if somebody's already coming and subdivided, how do we force appreciation? Our basic basic easy strategy: you buy twenty acres, chop it in half, ten acres each lot. It takes every bit of thirty days, sixty days to get it done. Sold, you know, you can you can double the price just by chopping it in half in thirty days. Once you go below ten acres, now you're into a six to twelve month uh, long deal, and and probably you know maybe fifty thousand or hundred thousand to chop it up like that. So you got that one ready, Daniel? Yeah, I wanted to kind of black out some stuff. Is do we own this one yet, or is it? Is yeah, this one's already this one's already sold. We only oh. got that one lot left. Okay, okay. All right, I can show it that. I don't want nobody stealing our deals. There's some sharks in the water. <laughs> Mm -hmm. The first time we had a deal stolen from us last year, a little sensitive. <laughs> Still fresh, <laughs> fresh breakup. <laughs> hey, so uh, take a look at this deal, guys. That you see that blue that blue block? That's a one acre lot. The yellow one is an eight and a half acre. It was a ten acre lot, but the the seller kept a chunk of it. And then the green one in the middle did not come with the purchase. The one Daniel has a cursor on now. That's a three and a half acre tract that we're selling right now for one eighty nine. I think it's listed for one ninety nine. And then the one at the top, the one that says seven two seven two three five seven. Yep. This this was a twenty acre subdivision. Okay. That one acre lot in the middle, that's six one four one three. The lady kept that house, and uh, that was not included with the sale. And then on the ten acre track there, on the right, on the bottom, they took you off see, one and a half. You can see what it looks track. like, what it was before. This long that, that was the whole thing. Yeah. So that was a ten acre track. This one next to it was a ten acre track. 
So we bought the four parcels around that one acre tract for 408000 or 407000 So if anybody in this room sent me an 18-acre tract for $400,000 in Bastrop, we wouldn't really look at it. Not an interesting deal. Thanks, but no thanks. Pretty decent price. We're just not going to do it, right? Because we're probably going to spend fifty to 100000 cutting it up and uh, spending a year doing it, you know, to, to try to make, I don't know, two to 400000 on it which is still an amazing return, but that's not our typical deal, right? We're not trying to make, we're not trying to spend 400 now to make 400 a year from now. It's just not our business model. Since it was already broken up into four pieces, I knew it was going to be a great deal. I mean, we just, I just saw it instantly and I already knew. I said, wow, three and a half, four and a half, one and, and eight and a half, no brainer for that price because I know, you know, for a, a little three acre track, for sure, that sounds like 199 to me 249 189 so at 400 i'm like this is a no-brainer because i could probably sell the stuff on the left hand side get the eight and a half acre on the right for free boom diego's here diego's the one that sold most of this lot right here Made it, he had an excellent december but th that's the property right there and, and that's why it was so valuable because it was already pre-subdivided so i'm going to send you another one that i drove like two days ago that we're about to buy and exact same thing like this is the exact same deal it's like deja vu all over again similar price point similar situation <clears throat> everything so that i want you guys to be able to recognize these deals when you see them because i know you're seeing these deals every single day probably multiple times per month and you just don't know what you're looking for it takes time too so don't beat yourself up if you can't figure it out it takes time no no beat yourself up beat your head against the wall if you're not frustrated we know you're not working if you have never texted me there or posted about how frustrated you are, that is a clear indication that you're not working. James Be frustrated. Asked, Beat yourself up. James <laughs> asked if they were all sold to seller finance. No, these were all cash. Cash money closed in 14 days. Boom. That's why we, we, we there was there's already like 200,000 in upside on this thing and like 18 days flat from the time we bought it. And now that last lot we're selling for 189 or 199. I think total sales here, total upside for us is like 430 or something on this deal. One lot left to sell. And the guy's coming to clear tomorrow, Diego. So let your guy know if he thinks he's going to buy it. Maybe he wants to be on site to see how he wants the guy to clean it up for him. And then he's going to give us a quote on clearing that driveway on the right-hand side. If he buys that three and a half figure lot as well, and we could probably bake something into the deal where we clear the lot and we, we cut him that driveway into that dirt that he wants. Okay. Give me two more seconds. I'm about to send Daniel another deal that's identical to the Bass Shop deal. Deja vu again. Let's say we pulled in 430 in December on one deal. And now we're going to pull in. Another. Hopefully we have this one contracted like in the next week or so. And after this, but again, it's just learning to identify these deals. Like who's it? What's that? I was going to say, after this, we'll tell you how January is. I didn't hear what you said, Daniel. I said, after this, we'll tell you how January is looking. <laughs> yeah. Stay on, stay on top to the end of this call guys. So we can give you some projection numbers right now. You guys are, you might be proud. You might be proud. Okay. Daniel, here it comes. I, exact same deal, similar price point, similar profit point. All right, give me about a second. Six. Ooh, this is a good deal. This is such a good deal. So excited. I bet you this wholesaler sold this deal to everybody in the country by the time he got to me. And he didn't have any idea. Like, this is, this is a gold mine. He has no idea what he has. The seller has no idea what they have. Wait one second. I'm trying to not show the information on this one, Anthony. All good. In the very beginning, when I when I started, I remember being so frustrated. I was like so pissed, like like furious, because I knew I was seeing deals, but I couldn't identify them. All right, I just knew it. All right, so check this out, guys. This is a six point seven acre tract on the left, that long one. 
the the bottom one right here on the right, that three eight nine nine. That's a uh, I think it's a three and a half acre track. The one right above it is about three acres, and then the one above that is solid two acres with a little mobile home on it. So that one already has water, utilities, everything. We we're, right out. We're looking to pay five fifty for this one. We might offer five. She wants five fifty, but total sales on this one is one point one. And if I if I look at engineering it down further and putting a little road on it, it's already four tracks, right? Again, if you guys send us 15 acres in Canyon Lake for 550, we're not even going to underwrite it. We're not going to go drive and see it. We're not going to do anything. But since it was already cut in four pieces, I got my little self in the truck and I drove up there for an hour to go check it out. Awesome property. It had plenty of slope on it, so I was a little afraid of that. So I got off and walked the whole dang thing. Amazing, amazing property. But since it's already in four pieces... It's already a winner. If, if I put an easement in there and try to cut those two, two three-acre parcels down to one, you know, into a couple pieces, maybe try to cut that six-and-a-half-acre down into a couple pieces, we could probably push this thing to one-and-a-half million. But I think if we bought it as is for 550 or uh, 500 total sales is about one-to-one. And if we wanted to fire sell it, sell it quick, maybe we'll sell it for like 900 or 950 But still, there's 400 to 500 of upside, 600 of upside uh, since it's already been subdivided. So some again... Somebody put in fifty to $100,000 worth of engineering into this lot and about a year of time into it. That's, that's subdivide arbitrage right there, parcel arbitrage. So when you're, when you're out looking for deals, no matter what somebody tells you, if they say, hey, I got 10 acres, I got 20 acres, I got 15 acres, let me take a look at it. Send me the land glide. It's the first thing I say to everybody. Send me the land glide. Because if yep. they send it to me and they're like, oh, it's that three-acre track, the two-acre next to it, and the one behind it. Boom, contract that sucker immediately. Contract it as quick as you can. It's already cut up. They've already done the work for us. They already forced appreciation for us. So I actually have a uh, deal. It's 22 acres. It's already chopped up into half-acre lots. It's 22 lots. And it's, uh, it's a small town, though. It's about 45 minutes from Boston. From where, Austin? Yeah. Heading which way? What's the town called? It's Page. It's called Page. Oh, Page is fire, bro. How much How much is that property? Um, I don't recall off top. I've, I've been dealing with South Coast. He's, he's pretty motivated, though. They all Send are. me the land glide. Let's take a look at it. Find out the utility situation, because if they did an ugly subdivide... It has... Uh, day, yeah. Sorry. It, it has... It has, has power, water, and septic. <laughs> oh, dude, okay. Beautiful. Main thing we got to know is the road access. Like that last one you sent us, they something about the, the uh, seller. that they, they chopped it up and that only the front lots had road access and the back lots did not. That's that's not a great subdivide, right? It, it could be, but it, it might not be. We just have to look at it and see what they did. But send it over to me. Let's take a look at it, man. That's probably a... It could be a really good deal depending on what the price is, but Paige is fire hot. That's probably... I got a, a track there one time and the, the response I got organically without promoting it. I was getting a message like every few minutes for three days straight. I listed it for 94,000 and I sold it for, I think one fifty. I was thinking yeah. I automatically thought it was like, cause it's this really small town. So I thought it was going to be, you know, like, uh, no, man, you just, you just never know. And that, that's the beauty of this business is you just, that's why you got to get those deals in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Yes, sir. So one thing I'll say to what Anthony was saying is that if you find an older subdivide, and this is where partial arbitrage does not work, is if you find an older subdivide that they didn't complete their job, and a lot of this happened during the 08 crash, 
there were subdivisions coming up and then they just stopped mid mid subdivide and didn't finish the road there's no access it's a dirt road it looks platted on the on the on the, on the county and on the land glide but there's no road access there's no road there it's just kind of existing yeah so, there's some of those that were even older like ancient history like in the 70s or the 80s or something where they came in and they got a subdivision like a 243 acres they drew up a subdivision the way they thought they were going to sell it and then they sold all the lots before finishing the entitlement Yep. And then uh, never completed the subdivision, never put in roads, utilities, electrical, nobody, nothing. So all these people got stuck with these inaccessible lots. You'll see them everywhere. Yep. You'll come across okay. them the more you look. Those are not good. Those are not yeah. good. Avoid those. But we'll still look at it. We'll still look at them to tell you if it's a deal or not. Because if you, if you find a good one, it could be a good one. But there's a few ones you got to watch out for. But Angie, last question. One more question. And this is going back to the Somerset deal, the development deal that you guys have going. And so what I would love to know is what gave you the confidence that the demand was there? Because just, you know, like looking at a Zillow or something like that, you know, sale just, you know, right around Somerset and that's the Southwest of San Antonio, right? Yep. Okay. So I'm not seeing like any developers, you know, if you look, for instance, if you're kind of South of the, the Charles Anderson loop, I don't see really any development until you get up, you know, go up 16, a little closer to 16 by the month of pass. So my question is, is just what are you guys looking at that's giving you confidence that like, yeah, okay, Somerset, yeah, I'm going to put a ton of money into this, including entitlement costs, and I'm going to get interest. This is a part of the reason why it makes sense to, to work the areas that we're working and partner with us in the areas that we're working. We don't say that just so we can catch some of the upside. This is, there's really no, nothing. We don't have any data points other than we've been working this area for six years. So as we're selling properties all around San Antonio, East, South, West, North, everywhere, we get the same questions over and over. Do you have anything in Somerset? Do you have anything in Castroville? So you see the same request come up over and over and over and over again until you're just like, okay, this is a hot area. Then uh, somebody sends us a, a 44 acre track, 1.9 miles north of here. Um, I think we paid every bit of like 12,000 an acre, 13,000 an acre. And we sold out like in a month, right? So us getting this one for 8,200 an acre, we're like, okay, well, we're $4,000 under purchase price, what we got last time. And it worked out amazing. So this is just like, we, a, we've been dealing with enough buyers and sellers in this area. It's experience, experience in the area. And we found like little pockets that aren't, nobody knows about. We just found little pockets that we've just done a lot of deals there and we have a lot of buyer interest there. So we know where these little pockets are and we're targeting them. Yep. And then the cool thing about what we do is we don't hide our areas. <laughs> That's the coolest part is we just tell you guys exactly where we're working, where we have firepower, where we have buyers. Again, like somebody asked today on, on a podcast, what do you guys do deals outside of Texas? Hell yes. But why would you? You know, we have $20 million aiming at us right now for Texas land. So why would you go to Arkansas? <laughs> we don't have $20 million to park in Arkansas, right? But we got $20 million to park in Somerset, Texas, Castroville, right? So if you just work where we're working, that's the ultimate hack right now. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Why would you do that? Absolutely. All right. You want to hit him? You want to hit him with the, with the final, final sauce? The month we're having? Yeah. We're having a pretty good month. You know, a lot of these, you see a lot of land guys brag on Facebook, like I had a hundred thousand dollar month. That's pretty cool, right? You had to start somewhere. Um, but I, I think where we're moving and what we're trying to invite all of you guys to and take you with us, we're having a million dollar month right now um, on this uh, bass drop deal. 
you know, inbound or a couple hundred grand there. Uh, Mike, you got one for 199 under contract a couple of days ago on one of our properties. It should close as soon as the survey is ready, like any day they're ready to close today. We have 750 cash sold on the 243 ready to close any day. As soon as the surveys come back, maybe in the next seven to 10 days. And we have a two 10 acre lots sold at 250. So we're, we're approaching like a million and a half dollar month right now as it is. And, Don't forget uh, about Tyler. Uh, we had like three closings today or yesterday. Oh well, yeah. I forgot about Tyler. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're aiming pretty bad. close to like, yeah, a million and a half, you know, dollar a month. So things are going pretty good in the hive mind, man. Like I said, I don't even know if we're in a recession, but the business model works. The buyers are coming. The areas we're working are coming. I saw a map. I posted it in the group that says that like San Antonio has pretty much the highest GDP in the country. So if, if you don't know which markets to work in, I said, just hang out with us and try to lead you to the promised land. But things are going phenomenally well. And I think we're just getting started. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. I'm excited. We have a lot of money coming at us right now. So if you guys have deals and opportunities, we went over the buy box for a reason. Now you know what to look for. If you have good deals, send them to us. We're looking to buy a lot of deals this year. So that's good. I saw a land guru he posted on Facebook. He said that the, the sellers didn't say yes to their proposal until the 40th contact. I'm willing to bet money that nobody in this room has contacted any seller 40 times. Not one of you. Please follow up. Please follow up. Please follow up. They're going to say no the first one to five times. Put them on an automatic follow-up campaign, and let's get those checks. That's it. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions, watch this again, and uh, it's gonna, it'll, hit, it'll hit your head. If it'll, hit, it'll, it'll make sense after a couple times you watch it. <laughs> all right. Have a great day, guys. Bye.